0: You're listening to The Preaching Podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Take your Bibles, please, to Psalm 46. And while you're turning there, uh, tomorrow morning on the radio We will be featuring the new CD, Andrew and Mary Beth Jones. They just finished. They sent them to us, and we'll have those available uh, in the church office. If you'd like to come by this week, I think they're $10 each, and uh, that'll be a blessing. Uh, Brother Dan, if we could, I'd like to give one tonight to each of the families that are here for the sound and uh, music and all that just as a a gift, and I appreciate so much uh, our our folks for what you have done to be a blessing and uh, I appreciate our folks that are watching. And we'll have a good time on the radio. We'll play a few of those songs tomorrow. And I hope you'll listen. I hope you'll, you'll text in. And uh, we'll take a few requests. We'll have a good time. I appreciate Brother Caleb kind of lining all that up. And uh, we'll have a great time there. Psalm 46, I want to read a couple verses. And then, Brother uh, Tommy, do you have a song up there? Did they tell you about a song to play, Brother Nathan? We'll do that in just a moment. Allow me to read a couple verses uh, from Psalm 46. And then I'd like for it to hear one more song. This is just a song that uh, will go along with the message uh, that I've been thinking about, and I've been humming, and I've been singing. Uh, I guess it was, I say, a month ago, uh, Brother Mark Swanson, who he was supposed to be with us uh, at the end of March, beginning of April, we'll, we'll reschedule him and we'll get him to preach. But he was sharing something for his church and I was listening in and he played this song and I hadn't heard this song in a long time. And uh, as I've been preparing for the Sunday nights, I came across Psalm 46 and uh, I don't know if it will be a blessing to you, uh, but I know it's what I need. Mean. And uh, I believe that God will use it to help you as it's helped me. Psalm 46, verse number one, God is our refuge. Oh, we could stop right there and we could just rejoice and say, thank God for a refuge. Thank God for a shelter and a stronghold and a a mighty fortress and a high tower from the enemy. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, will not we fear, now listen to this, though the earth, be removed. That hasn't happened yet. We think things are bad now, but can I tell you, the earth has not been removed yet. Though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. Could you imagine what the news would do with that? You imagine the headlines that would make? Uh, the, uh, the mountains just got lifted up and thrown into the oceans. Though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters Thereof roar and be troubled. Let me tell you, the waters would be troubled if the mountains started dropping into the seas. And you talk about the, uh, the tsunamis that we would see, and you talk about the flooding, and uh, global warming would be the least of anybody's worries. I'll promise you that, and that's uh, for uh, another day. Though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah. Doesn't matter what happens, David says, God Is our refuge. Lord, I pray that you'd help us as we look at your word. Help us as we listen to this song. May it speak to our hearts. May it be something we take with us, that we think about, we ponder, we muse, uh, we meditate on this week, and may the truth of your word capture us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you play this song? And after the song, we'll get right into the message.
1: of doubt,
0: I love that song. And the answer to that question, without him, what would we do? Nothing. There's nothing we can do without him. Jesus said, without me, ye can do nothing. Uh, Peter asked the Lord, he said, Lord, to whom shall we go? Lord, if we leave you, we're in trouble. There's nothing we can do on our own. And I'm glad that God is our refuge. Notice quickly in this song, the inscription, it's to the chief musician, For the sons of Korah, you remember those guys, we talked about them last Sunday night. It's a song upon Alamoth. That term Alamoth, it literally means and it's defined as virgins. And uh, many Bible scholars believe that this was a psalm that was sung by the uh, ladies there in the temple and in the choir. And uh, I'm thankful for, we have in this church, we have so many ladies that are so talented in so many areas. Uh, But I think about in our choir, our ladies, and this was a song that probably was sung specifically by the ladies. Maybe it was because it was a a soprano, a, a range song, I don't know. Maybe it just sounded better for the ladies to sing it. Uh, But for whatever reason, that's what this psalm was for. And David jumps right into it in verse 1, and he says, God is our refuge. I want to say, number one, that God is our safety. You see, if King David, the man after God's own heart, the king of Israel, the, 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 the young man who killed Goliath, the man that had his mighty men and who, who was a mighty warrior. If David needed a refuge, I think we're going to need a refuge. If David came to a point where he said, I've got nowhere else to go but God, friend, I want to tell you, at some point in your life, you're going to need a refuge. Many of you have been there before. Maybe you say, Pastor, that's where I'm at right now. I'm at a point in my life where I need somebody. I I need something. I need an answer. I need help. Well, I've got good news for you. God is our refuge. He is available for us. My wife and I both grew up in the Midwest, about 100 miles apart, and um, we are both familiar with uh, tornadoes. And in the Midwest, it was very unusual that someone would have a house without some kind of a basement or some kind of a storm cellar. But it's amazing to me when you would hear the reports of tornadoes. I remember one when I was a very small boy in it was the uh, end of the summer, and we were getting ready for school. My dad was a Christian school teacher, and mom, I don't know why, but I was there. I don't know if the whole family was there at that time, but I remember that uh, they they told us, they said, you need to get down because the tornadoes are coming through. And I remember there at that property there in Rockford, Illinois, we got down in those hallways, those cinder block, uh, uh, that building, we got down there, and we waited, we waited. And uh, after it was over, we went out, and you could see where not just one, but Two tornadoes had gone around the church. And I tell you, when you get in a storm, you got to realize you need a refuge. And friend, don't wait till the storm comes. Don't wait till tragedy strikes. Get that refuge, get that safety established in your life right now. You say, but I don't have a refuge. Well, guess what? There's a refuge available. His name is Jesus. God is our refuge. Notice verse number seven. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. We have safety. It uh, doesn't matter if the earth is removed. It doesn't matter if the mountains are cast into the sea. doesn't matter if the waters roar and the mountains shake God is our refuge to withstand no matter what comes our way. Number one, I see safety. Number two, I see that God is our strength. We talked about this this morning, Philippians 4. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. I want to tell you uh, this evening that we are so weak. Uh, We are so feeble. We are so frail. Uh, Sometimes you can feel like you're on the mountaintop and the next day you feel like you're down in the valley. One time you feel like you're on cloud nine and the next day you're in the depths of despair. We are so weak, we are so fragile, we are so frail, but I'm glad to tell you tonight that when we are weak, that's when God's strength is made perfect. When we have no strength, that is when God comes in and God gives us His strength, David said, God is our refuge and strength. He's our safety. He's our strength. But number three, God is our support. Would you notice in verse one, David says that God is a very present help in trouble. Now, those adjectives there that describe the help that God is, it says that he is present, but he's not just present, he is very present present. Can I tell you, I'm glad that God is present. I'm glad that God is with us. Verse seven, the Lord of hosts, that's the God of the armies. He is with us. He doesn't just send help. He comes and shows up and provides the help that we need. He is our support. Now I'll say this, there is a difference between being present and very present. Just, uh, I guess it was a week ago, I forget what day it was now, I, I say Monday, it might have been the end of last week, but I got home a little bit after five and I'd gone around the back to, uh, it, was, it was Monday because I was taking the trash can back around and uh, as I was coming out, uh, Lacey and Savannah, uh, they poked their heads out the door and they said, hey dad, hey dad, and I said, how you girls doing? And next thing you know from the garage, I'm hearing screams. And I'm hearing wailing. And the next thing I hear is uh, Lacey or Savannah, one of them said, Dad, it's Chloe, and she's bleeding. Well, now, I don't know how your children are, but our children, they need a Band-Aid for imaginary scratches. I mean, and it's amazing how it works, too. It makes it feel better. If you just put a Band-Aid on it, it's, you're good. But they said she's bleeding, and they were hyper. And, and, and by the way, now I know it was, it was very justified, but I thought they're overreacting. You know, okay, maybe she's got a little scrape or maybe a little cut. Well, I got in there, and there was no exaggeration going on she had been standing um, on, got a couple little desks in our garage where they do some of their school and all that. And she'd been standing not on the top of the desk, but she'd been standing about halfway up, had her feet on the rails and she just fell forward, just face planted on the floor and hit her lip. And it was bleeding. I mean, it was gushing. I mean, it was, there were, there were drips of blood everywhere and it was bad. And so being the, the, the good dad that I am, I said, well, uh, Chloe, you're four years old. You're going to have to figure it out. But let me know when you get it all taken care of. And that's not what I did. And that's not what my wife did. You know what we did? Uh, we, we we arrived. We tried to help her. We tried to comfort her. We tried to stop the bleeding. We tried to uh, calm her down. We were not just in the same house or in the same room, but we were very present. We were, we were there to take care of her and to do all that we could in the time of trouble. It was probably, Savannah is here tonight, and it was probably five years ago now, uh, maybe four and a half years ago, but Savannah and Lacey, it was a Saturday night, it was Saturday night, probably 8 o'clock or so, 8.30, and uh, they were uh, getting their baths, and they were getting ready to go to bed, and Savannah was reaching for something, And when she reached for something out of the bath, she slipped and boy, she hit her chin and she split it wide open and it was bleeding. And it's the kind of thing, you know, where you try to calm the person down, but you're looking at it and you're going, that is really bad, you know, but you can't tell that. And so Joanna and I are looking at Savannah and we're thinking, oh no, what do we do? It's a Saturday night. It was an ice storm and uh, the roads were not good. I wasn't even sure we were going to have church the next day. We ended up having church. But uh, um, so I I said, well, I don't know, but we probably need to take her to the emergency room. And so we're getting ready to go. And uh, uh, I was just reminded of this part of the story about a week ago, we were talking about it. But Lacey, Lacey, you know what I'm gonna say. Lacey was not impressed that Savannah got to go somewhere that she didn't get to go. You know, albeit it was the emergency room, but Lacey was determined she was going too. And finally, we're getting ready to go. And they could not have been, but maybe three years old. And we're getting ready to go. And Lacey puts her foot down on the floor and says, we are sisters. And where she goes, I go. And it was, we laugh now. It was the funniest thing. But at the time, it wasn't funny. You know. We're like, no, you're not going to the emergency room on a Saturday night in an ice storm. But so we go to the emergency room. I took Savannah and, of course, the, the, the doctor and nurses. Everybody was great there and all that. But, you know, I didn't, I didn't leave her in the, uh, in the uh, ER room and say, I'll be back in an hour or two. I gotta go get a milkshake or gotta, you know. Can I tell you, I was there. I wanted to be not just present, but I wanted to be very present. Now, you think about what that means. Uh, we live in a society where many times, if we're honest, if we admit it, we're not very present. We might be in the same room, but we got a cell phone we're doing. Or fellas, I hate to, to kind of, Throw us under the bus here, but you know how when there's a football game on or March Madness or, you know, NBA or whatever, and your wife tells you something and you even respond, but you have no idea what your wife said? Uh, I don't know about that. Brother Dan was just telling me about that right before a service, so I thought that'd be a good illustration. But you know what I'm talking about? We've all been there. Uh, you ladies are amazing because you can multitask. Us fellas, we pretty much can't do that. But we're, we're, we might be there, but we're not very present. We're not very attentive. But I got good news for you. God is very present. He is there to offer support and help, and he's able to help. He's not just there making things worse. He's not there creating a panic. God is there to bring peace, and God is there to bring help. Thank you, Lord, for being a very present help in time of our trouble. Notice quickly, number four, I see that God is our supply. It says in verse number four, there is a river. The streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the most high. Now, we live in a society where we are so spoiled. Uh, We have running water. We have faucets. We have uh, water for uh, washing. We have water for, uh, for, for cooking. We have water for drinking. We have water for bathing. We have a water supply, and all we have to do is turn a faucet. Um, until it breaks. Then we call Brother Mike, you know, but we have running water. Hallelujah for that. But can I remind you in Bible times, they didn't have running water. And it was very good if you had a good water supply. Many of the cities were built around a river. Uh, You go to some places even today, it's amazing. You can be in a desolate area, but you go up and down the river and you'll see towns and establishments and cities because uh, civilizations built near the water. And David is saying, God is our supply. God provides the river. Jerusalem and and Judah had a good water supply. Many times enemies would come, and if they could cut off a water supply, they could defeat a city. But Jerusalem and, and Judah was situated in such a place where their supply was good. And can I tell you, for the child of God, Our supply is good because our supply never runs out. God is our supply. God meets our needs and God is our source of everything that we need. There is gladness. Notice what it says in verse four. uh, It shall make glad the city of God and the holy place of the tabernacles. There is gladness because God supplies the need. Number five, quickly, I see that God is our savior not just in salvation and not just in eternal life, but God is our Savior every day of our lives. Notice verse number five. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her. Well, I tell you, we all need help. We all need help help and we need God's help and we need the Lord's help more than we've ever needed it. And God is a very present help in time of trouble. He comes, he helps us, he's ready, he's available, he is able to help us. When God shows up, friend, I got good news for you. Help has arrived. Asks Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you asked them who could help them when they were in the fiery furnace. There was only one person. You asked Daniel in the lion's den, who could help you, Daniel, when you're in the lion's den? You need somebody that can shut the lion's mouth and God showed up. You asked Lazarus. I would say he needed some help. He was dead. He was in the tomb. They had, they, had, they had already said, see you later, buddy. There's no hope for you until Jesus showed up and help arrived. Number six, I see in this psalm, I see our statement. It says in verse number six, the heaven, excuse me, the heathen raged; the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice and the earth melted. You know what David said? There is a statement. There is a voice that we need to hear. And it's not the voice of the athletes It's not the voice of the movie stars. It's not the voice of a politician. It is not the voice of an entertainer. It is the voice of God that we need to hear because when God speaks, things happen. Sometimes God speaks in a still, small voice, but sometimes He speaks in a voice that causes the earth to melt. John 18 as they came to take away Jesus to that trial and the crucifixion, in John 18:5 Jesus spoke the words and he said, "I am he." The Bible says they went backward and fell to the ground. At just the words of Jesus, those soldiers fell back. They could not even stand in the presence of the Son of God speaking. Revelation 19 The Bible says that when Jesus comes back and he defeats the Antichrist and he defeats the armies of the the world at the Battle of Armageddon, the Bible tells us he will defeat them by the sword which proceedeth out of his mouth. I'm so thankful to tell you this evening that we have the word of God. Oh, it seems like lately we're waiting on news from the president or we're waiting on news from a doctor or we're waiting on news from a governor or we're waiting on news for an official. But I want to tell you, there's one person who we really need to wait on his word and that is almighty God. And when he speaks, it's final. When he speaks, it's not maybe. When he speaks, it's not up for debate. When God speaks, that's when things happen. Hallelujah. I'm glad we have the word of God. Number seven, I see that God is our refuge and He provides a serenity. God provides a peace. I preached about that this morning also, Philippians 4, about a recipe for rejoicing. But notice Psalm 46 and verse number 10. The Bible says, be still. And that's a good thing to do. It's a good thing to slow down. It's a good thing to stop. It's a good thing to pause. Be still and know that I am God. I want to tell you this evening... And I want to remind you that peace rarely comes by accident. Peace rarely happens just by chance. But having peace is something that is intentional. Having peace is something that happens on purpose because the command is given to us to be still and to know that He is God. I want to remind you in these days, I want to remind you to be still. (coughs) And I want to remind you to know who God is. Can I tell you who He is? He's the great I Am. He's the creator of the universe. He's the Savior of the world. He's the Almighty He is the most high God. When you know who God is, you can have peace. When you know what God can do, when you not only know who God is, but you know what God can do. Friend, we know what God can do. He can do the miraculous. Uh, He can can, uh, bring life to those who have no life. He can bring help to the helpless and hope to the hopeless. We know what God can do, but why don't we just be still and just know and think about what God can do. We know what God can do, and we know that God has a plan, and we know that God is with us, and that's how we have peace and serenity when we are still, and we know that He is God. Verse number five, God is in the midst of her. Verse seven, the Lord of hosts is with us. Verse 11, the Lord of hosts is with us. What do we have to worry, and what do we have to be afraid of? We have peace because we walk with the prince of peace number eight and i'm done we have god who is our refuge but he is also supreme he is verse four the most high verse number eight the bible says come behold the works of the lord and see what desolations he hath made in the earth he maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth he breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear and sunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. I want to tell you, God is still on the throne. God is still supreme. He is exalted above all. Verse number 10, I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. You say it doesn't seem like many people are bowing down. It doesn't seem like many people are worshiping him now. Maybe not. But I got news for you. Someday, Philippians 2 tells us that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack.